Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian, this is Hannah Miller, and this is what happened this week. So I'm going to talk about three different stories this week that are all really about the same thing. Um, So it's Thanksgiving week. It's actually at about 11 o'clock on Thanksgiving day, uh, Thanksgiving night, and uh, I'm losing my voice. So forgive me if my voice goes out a little bit. So I'm just going to cover these three. So it'll be a shorter episode this weekend, try to give my voice a break so I can come back full throttle next week. So let's just jump right in. There were two different instances this week where folks once again demonstrated the good, true, common sense that the Bible teaches us. What am I talking about? In Proverbs 18, 13, the Lord said, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Twice this week, this has proven true. And you might already be thinking about or calling to mind what instances I'm talking about. In the first one, surveillance video showed a man wearing glasses walking up to Veers, which is a gay bar in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood. This is in New York. And tossing a brick, the man tossed a brick at one of the windows while patrons looked on. Police said that there were a total of four incidents of vandalism against the same bar over a period of a month. And they later posted a video of the suspect from inside a bodega in the neighborhood. So some on the left, including the bar owner, blamed LGBTQ hatred and homophobia for the acts of vandalism against the gay club in New York City. But on Tuesday... Police absolutely destroyed the homophobic narrative when they arrested 34-year-old Sean Quillen, who identified himself as a gay man. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essage said that Quillen told them he was, quote, exacting revenge, end quote, on the gay bar on behalf of a female friend of his who was in a feud with the business. So, as of right now, police have only charged Quillen with three of the four vandalism incidents because there is no video of the fourth incident. He was charged with three counts of criminal mischief, three counts of reckless endangerment, and three counts of criminal possession of a weapon. So, that's the first instance. In the second instance, an armed attacker opened fire at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado late last Saturday night, so a week ago. The shooting killed five people, and it injured at least 18 others. Thankfully, two patrons at the gay nightclub were able to subdue the shooter. Very grateful for those two patrons. I believe it was two men who stopped him. I think they tackled him and uh, restrained him for the until the police arrived so that he was not able to kill anybody else or injure anyone else. It's just been, uh, it, it, we haven't heard a whole lot about this story. There's just been a lot of news going around this week. I didn't see this make the headlines for as long as I thought it was going to. And there's a reason for that, and, and we'll get to it in a minute. But despite knowing nothing about the shooter or the attack, many folks, including Club Q itself and CNN anchor Allison Camarota, 
they quickly jumped all over the shooting, labeling it as a hate attack. Those were their words. Democrats and the media suggested that partial responsibility uh, for the shooting fell at the feet of Republicans and conservative media. You know, you're to blame for this. There was a lot of that on Twitter because conservatives oppose the progressive LGBT agenda. And just because we oppose it, then obviously that means we're all out on a rampage shooting people and killing people, uh, throwing bricks through windows and that kind of thing. But then, while speaking on CNN tonight, uh, the CNN anchor Allison Camarota broke news to a panel that the perpetrator of the Club Q shooting identifies as, quote, non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. She, of course, you know, Allison, she stumbled all over herself afterward, declaring she, quote, didn't know what to say about that, end quote. It was just a hot mess. It was very embarrassing for her to watch her kind of stumble through all of that and make that astonishing announcement on the heels of calling this thing a hate attack. Again, Club Q itself said the same thing, labeled this, you know, a hate crime, a hate attack assuming everybody just assuming that it's people who are L, that are anti lgbtq who oppose uh, that kind of a lifestyle look making definitive hasty statements about things you know little about shows you to be foolish and as scripture says it is to your shame and it was to this gal's shame on CNN. Of course, she I don't I don't know if she's gonna if that's something that'll hang over her, if she has a conscience that will um convict her on that or not, but it should for all of us. We should all when we make hasty judgments, when we make assumptions about things without knowing the full story, it is to our shame. It's a very shameful thing. And a lot of times it you know, or not a lot of times, but in the future what it could lead to is that real perpetrators, they're not pursued. That we look in a direction that we shouldn't be looking in order to find who could have committed a crime because of our own prejudices, because of our own assumptions, and those kinds of things. And that's a shameful thing, and we should be ashamed of that. Um, We have to look at all of the data, look at all of the information, so then we could pursue justice and we can pursue the truth and not let our preconceived notions and our own personal prejudices judge uh, these kinds of things. Lastly, don't forget when many journalists report on mass shootings, and this is the last thing that I, I, the last part of this that I want to talk about, they use statistics from the gun violence archives. All right. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Hey, this is Bob, the producer of this podcast. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know you can always get your questions into us. Ask us anything. Feel free to email me at bob at bobsloan.com, B-O-B at B-O-B-S-L-O-N-E dot com. Or you can always find that information and more in the show notes. Now back to Hannah. Okay, so a lot of journalists use reporting. Uh, they report on when they report on mass shootings, they're getting statistics from the gun violence archives. But when the gun violence archives says that there have been more than 600 mass shootings in the U.S. this past year, they are using a standard that is less than ideal. And let me explain that, okay? 
A.W.R. Hawkins, is, that's the Second Amendment writer for Breitbart, he explained why. He put this very clearly. He said the GVR, using that abbreviation for the Gun Violence Archives, the GVR standard when counting mass shootings is a much lower threshold for qualifying incidents as mass shootings than has been traditionally used. In fact, it allows incidences in which there were no fatalities, to be counted. It also allows gang incidents, drive-by shootings, and other more common street crimes to be counted as mass shootings. And according to Armed American News, the FBI defines active shootings as one, shootings in public places, two, shootings occurring at more than one location, three, Shootings where the shooter's actions were not the result of another criminal act. Four, shootings resulting in a mass killing. Five, shootings indicating apparent spontaneity by the shooter. Six, shootings where the shooter appeared to methodically search for potential victims. And seven, shootings that appeared focused on injury to people, not buildings or objects. So those are the seven kind of criteria in which the FBI uses to define active shootings, uh, to define these mass shootings. And it's not, in contrast, shootings were excluded from the FBI's list if they were the result of self-defense, gang violence, drug violence, contained residential or domestic disputes, controlled barricade hostage situations, crossfire as a byproduct of another ongoing criminal act, and lastly, an action that appeared not to have put other people in peril. See, all of those things are things that are included in the GVR. That's how they get this huge number, 600 or whatever. So when using GVA data, and, and one writer that I was reading concluded that, quote, mass shootings, end quote, are on the upswing. And this is what they said. Nearly 700 mass shootings occurred in 2021, up from 610 in 2020, and just 417 in 2019. In reality, though, according to the FBI, in 2019, there were only 30 mass shootings. And in 2020, instead of 610 such incidents, the FBI reported only 20, which is a 50% decline over 2019. And so, of course, in 2020, you had lockdowns, you had all that kind of thing. But we also saw a huge uptick in violence in general because of rioting um, in the summer of 2020. So in our information, social media, just kind of information age, remember when James 1, 19 verse 20 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is how I define that, or I kind of apply that verse. We should be quick to listen and to do our own research in order to discover the truth. Slow to share information online or in person or in writing and slow to become angry over sound bites and headlights for our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. 
Our anger does not. Speaking falsely does not. And that's what it does when we say these kinds of things. When we go out, when we quote GFR, uh, gun, or GFA, GVA, I'm sorry, Gun Violence Archives. I hope I didn't say that wrong the whole time. GVA. Uh, when we make these assumptions about shooters, about crimes, all of these things without getting all of the facts, we are now become liars. We've become gossip mongers. Um, we're getting angry about things without um, the righteousness of God. It's not a, a righteous anger. <laughs> and these are things that do not achieve or produce the righteousness that God desires and that he calls us to. And so we should be very careful with our speech. And I have to be very careful about what I say on this podcast for that very reason, because I know that, look, I don't want to give you guys false information, but I know at the end of the day, um, if if I spread false information, I have to stand before the Lord for that. And uh, I desperately don't want to stand before the Lord as somebody who spread misinformation or lied about things. So I, ha- I try to be as careful about my research and about the things that I present to y'all each week as I possibly can be, because I know that being a truth teller is what we have been, what I have been called to, what we as believers have been called to. And I, uh, I, I take that very seriously. And I take that very seriously, even for this little podcast that I do every week uh, to how many ever people are listening. I don't even know Um, whether it be five or 10 or 100. I don't know. But I want to be faithful to what the Lord's called me to. And I would challenge all of my listeners to do the same thing in your speech. You may not have a podcast, but you still... um, you still speak to others. You still spread information. You still uh, have need to be a seeker of the truth and a speaker of the truth. You've been called to those both of those things. You've been called to seek the truth, and you've been called to speak the truth. God tells us that in his word. All right, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. My whole family was in town. It was just amazing. Uh, And by my whole family, I think, oh my goodness, I haven't done the math. I think it's 31 people. Um, I know there's 14 grandchildren right now and two grandchildren on the way. And so... Uh, just super excited. Of course, I'm one of nine siblings, so the nine and then six of us are married, so that's 15, and then my mom and dad, that's 17 plus 14 grandkids. Yep, 31. I had that right, and then two more on the way, so we'll be 33 next summer, and uh, anyway, it was just a lot of fun. It was wild, but it's been a while since we were all together. Well, last summer uh, in May, we all got together and uh, went on vacation together. So, uh, But it doesn't happen too frequently. So it was a lot of fun. It was such a blessing. Um, we got together and my mom cooked some of our favorites. And we sang around the piano. And dad um, spoke a few words from God's word to us and prayed over everyone. And it was just really beautiful. It was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful day. I had to take pictures of everybody. So it was a bajillion people. But we got it done really fast because everybody worked with me. But I hope that your Thanksgiving Day um, was one that was full of blessing and gratefulness. Gratefulness for our country. Country, gratefulness for the freedoms and the liberties that we that we have um, that may not be what we used to have, but is more than what some other citizens of other countries have. Grateful for that, and I'm and I'm grateful for the freedom and the liberty to fight for more freedom and liberty for my children. 
And I'm grateful for what Christ did on the cross. Um, grateful for my husband, grateful for my family. And I hope you're grateful for those things this week as well. And that your Thanksgiving was a blessed holiday spent with family and friends. You guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next one. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannahmillershow.com.